Welcome to the first edition of the brand new D Word podcast, where we'll be talking about dementia. You can listen to the D Word live radio show every Wednesday between 1 and 3 o'clock UK time, when we'll have music, chat, and our reminiscence hour, Golden Years Radio. You can find all that on the internet radio station, No Barriers Radio. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter or Facebook or by email. All the details are on our podcast page. For our first chat, we got on with our friend David Martins from Care UK to talk dementia-friendly communities. For our first guest here on TDW Radio, I'm delighted to welcome David Martins, who's the Senior Customer Relations Manager for Care UK. Care UK, if you haven't heard of them, one of the biggest providers of social care in the country and uh, really happy that uh, David's going to join us quite regularly on the show to uh, talk about all topics to do with dementia. So first of all, David, welcome. Thanks for coming along. Uh, Thank you, Peter, and thank you for the invite. I'm delighted to be here. Really looking forward to being able to go through as many subjects as we can, especially around uh, dementia, but more importantly, I guess, how we can help people in the community. So thank you for the invite. No, it's great to have you here. Now, you know, one of the things I, I was thinking long and hard about, where should we start with all this? And I thought... Looking at, at websites, reading publications, I come across this phrase, dementia-friendly communities. And uh, I, I've looked at it and I've thought, yeah, probably like a lot of people, great idea, but uh, haven't really understood what the bones are behind it. I mean, you know, can we talk a little bit about, you know, what makes a dementia-friendly community? Yeah, absolutely. So from my experience and uh, what we do as a company, but also with my team, there are people in the community, there are groups in the community called dementia-friendly communities and dementia action alliances. Now, the idea behind these groups is that people can go and attend and anybody can attend, not just companies, businesses, social care providers, it can be the general public. And it's all about raising awareness of dementia in the local community. So there's obviously the Alzheimer's Dementia Friends um, information sessions, and they're really good to, as a starting point to raise awareness of dementia. But what the dementia-friendly communities do is then try to take it to the next step. So you go to these meetings and everybody will have something that they're doing in the local community for dementia. And just to give you an idea, so the Admiral Nurses uh, might be there, you'll have reminiscence articles from the museums, there'll be events going on, you'll learn about memory walks which are great for raising awareness, dementia friendly cinemas, um, and it's just a lot of stuff like that, so it's just about what are we doing in the community to help people who live with dementia. That's an interesting concept. I mean, you mentioned already, uh, you know, a number of groups. So when you when you first go to that meeting, are there people that you have to educate? Actually, you do have something to do with dementia because they may not actually think uh, along those lines. Is, is it kind of dementia friends and education first, and then the light bulb goes off and people think, wait a minute, I could do this? Yeah. So the, the main point of it is to raise awareness. So dementia friends um, and. We do track in the local communities how many people we've made dementia friends. So, yep, dementia champions do go there, um, and then we do track the number of dementia friends that we make. But for me, it's always, okay, so now we've got this understanding of dementia, what are we doing about it next? And it's, for me, very much a case of 
go into these things, finding out what's going on. There are other avenues, not just Dementia Friends, where you can learn about dementia and how you can put what you've learned into more practical situations. So I know there's companies out there that will uh, go through information sessions on how to communicate with people. I know there are companies out there such as Dementia Adventure who are based in Chelmsford who very much believe that getting outside stimulates positive emotions, stimulates positive memories. And they go by this thought that you never have a bad experience outside. You know, everybody likes being outside. Everybody likes going to the beach. And they're very good at educating people around those notions. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we'll be talking to them in a couple of weeks, which, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that one, Dementia Adventure on the show. So, I mean, give us an example. I'm talking to you now. We're, um, you know, we got the high street down the road. Um, what are the kind of things we could do? So this is where it would come down to the Dementia Friends side yeah. of things. So part of the Dementia Action Alliance um, responsibilities are to go down the high street, find these local businesses, not just the big businesses. Um, and some companies are really great. So the co-op, for example, they're really good at saying, you know what, we are dementia friendly. But it's about also going to these smaller businesses to raise awareness of dementia and just that understanding. You know, if somebody comes into your bank, for example, and they're getting a little bit confused with the money and getting a little bit confused with why the money is now different to how it looked 50 years ago, actually, this is the understanding of it. Now we understand why they're acting that way and it's just about being kind um, and having that awareness and I think that's where the dementia friend side of things really comes into its own. Just before that bit of music, we were we were looking at the the concept of dementia-friendly communities. Some of the things you can do, and uh, one of the things that, that kind of struck me, David, is the world we live in, twenty-first century. We're ruled by technology, passwords, and things that, that really everybody finds a little bit difficult. And I, and I wonder, in trying to simplify that world a little bit, whether we're not actually just benefiting everyone. I, I think you're absolutely right, if I'm being honest, um, because we talk about this word and we talk about dementia and we talk about making it easier for people who live with dementia, but ultimately we could make it easier for everybody. And I know we spoke previously about the Stansted project, for example, and trying to make Stansted Airport dementia friendly, but when you walk into an airport, and it doesn't matter whether you live with dementia or you're just a normal person, you could quite easily walk in there and be completely overwhelmed, still not know where you're going, still have problems finding the board, sit standing in the queue. Um, so there are some really, really big projects out there that I think can help a lot of people and just small things. So I've been uh, in Essex a lot recently and the hospitals are now starting to do what they call the red bag scheme. And this is where anybody that lives with dementia and is coming from a care home has a red bag ready to go at all times. So when they go to hospital, it has basic information so you're not asking this person the same 10 questions um, all the time and, and again, just making people uh, confused. There's so many good dementia-based um, societies or ideas out in the community. So I know most museums, I know Colchester Castle Museum, for example, are fantastic at having reminiscence boxes. They'll lend them out to the general public. The emotions, again, that you can stimulate from that side of things are fantastic. I know there's dementia cafes out in the local communities. I know that a lot of care homes now also do 
dementia cafes and the idea there is yes it is in a care home but they've got the facilities to use and it's just about going in there meeting other people sharing your experiences but I think for me the most fascinating thing that is happening at the moment and it's happening in a lot of places so I know Chelmsford, Nebworth and I know that Halstead all have dementia friendly cinemas now the concept of these is fantastic they're older films films that people will remember there's just slight variations so the lights will still be turned up so people can still see so they still understand where they are the sound will be slightly louder the popcorn will be made in the old-fashioned way and these kind of things have been really really successful yeah i think uh Old-fashioned popcorn, I think I'll buy into that one. I think it's, uh, it's, you know, and I've got a friend, actually, who I will be talking to. He's been trying to do this with a certain cinema chain I won't mention, and they've been somewhat resistant, although they do do autism-friendly showings. And I just, just wonder, you know, it seems to be going along the same road, but it seems that the dementia message perhaps to them hasn't quite got across yet. No, so, I mean, that is quite interesting because, for example, the one in Halstead is done at the Empire Theatre. The one they're looking to launch in Chelmsford is hopefully going to be hosted by the Odeon Cinemas. So, to me, that's a big chain, and I do understand that it's early days, but we are in conversations with them to start up that side of things. So, hopefully, as things go forward, and, again, the the one in Nebworth had over 10 attendees last month at the very first showing. The one in house had had 90 attendees. So I think as people become aware of dementia and they see that there is this genuine need in the community uh, to help these people live really good lives, I think we'll see all of these picking up a bit more. And I guess, you know, uh, certain other uh, forms of entertainment can follow where cinemas lead. I mean, I'm a big football fan. Uh, and thinking, how about dementia-friendly football? I know is it Ipswich Football Club, I think, have, have done some work down that road. Um, but it strikes me as well, kind of attending a sporting event um, would be a great thing for uh, people to get off the ground as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, um, Colchester Leisure World, they have every Tuesday or Wednesday, it is, they have a dementia-friendly day where they do badminton and they do other sports Um, And again, it's all just a little bit slowed down for everybody, but it's all completely there. They have dementia-friendly swimming classes and things like that, again, just show the inclusion of the community and how there are things out there that will help people who live with dementia. With uh, everything that's going on in the community, I guess somebody centrally has to join it together. And when we come back, I want to just talk a little bit about the government's uh, dementia challenge, which uh, kind of scarily, I guess, looking at the clock, was uh, Dementia Challenge 2020, which is next year. We'll talk about that after this. Hi, this is Peter Hill, and every Wednesday between 1 and 3pm UK time, I'll be presenting The D Word, two hours of chat and music, concentrating on the subject of dementia. We're on No Barriers Radio, and you can find us on www.nobarriersradio.com, or just search for No Barriers on the TuneIn app. Speak to you soon. still 
talking to David and uh, we started with the dementia friendly communities and uh, I'm just thinking that everything that happens in the community um, obviously we have to come back to the unfortunate fact that all these things cost money and they need some kind of central direction and I'm guessing that's where the government's dementia challenge was aimed uh, originally to try and keep an idea of, of what's going on within the communities and I know there's, there's some targets in there that let's say, to be honest with you seem, seem a little bit worrying because uh, you know David Cameron set out this thing 2020 it's supposed to report back they've already had one set of reports last year in 2018 but um, yeah I've got to be honest here if it seems a bit nebulous there doesn't seem to be too many strict targets or kind of any way for us to measure exactly where we're going with some of this no, and I, I think you're absolutely right that the main target that I can see is that they track the number of dementia friends that are made via the dementia friends information sessions, but in terms of the target and wanting 50% of the population aware of dementia, it is hard to know how you can actually measure that. I know that there are great organisations out there that will help raise awareness of dementia, but I think the key thing is getting people along to those uh, those sessions and those information sessions. So I know, for example, most care homes will go on about what's the next step. So Dementia Friends information sessions give us a solid foundation of how we can help people who live with dementia, how we can help people live good lives, but it's then what happens next. So for me, for example, I know that we write an action down at the end of every information session, but how many people actually follow up on those? And I know we talk about dementia cafes, we talk about all of these great things and there are so many support groups and so many foundations for helping people who live with dementia in the community, but I know full well that every one of them needs volunteers, I know that every one of them needs more support and I know, for example, when I run information sessions, not dementia friends information sessions, but understanding dementia sessions in our care homes, we always get 30 to 40 people attend and the feedback is always really, really good. So it's just about how can we do more of that, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? You, you know, it's, it's almost, I mean, you know, I've, I've done Dementia Friends and I, I kind of felt this concept of I was the rocket that had just been launched, but I didn't actually know where I was going then. It was kind of, you know, where's my next destination? And uh, maybe there is a, a kind of a little bit of missing link in the middle to signpost people because I guess when we get into the world of volunteering as well, I mean, there are so many charitable organisations, voluntary organisations out there. It's, it's just, you know, uh, how do you channel people in the right direction? And I guess, you know, a little bit of things like we're doing today and whatever. I mean, dementia is one of those subjects that perhaps people haven't wanted to talk about. And if more, we get more people talking, then more people may actually think, well, hey, hold on, something I can do here. Uh, and also that it's, you know, living with dementia is a very difficult thing. But you've just brought up the concept perfectly. You can live well with dementia. Uh, we can still have a good time. We can still have a laugh. And I think it's important to try and get a message across as well, I guess. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. And I think there is still this stigma attached to dementia that people have a fear of. And ultimately, that's what we've got to try and move away from. It needs to be a positive message. It needs to be, yes, we can help these people who live with dementia. 
I know that if you go onto the Alzheimer's website now, it's a great signpost for all of the dementia-friendly cafes, groups, everything that is going on in the community. And if you probably look at every single one of those, they're probably only run by one, two, or three people. And if we are talking about getting involved and if we are talking about really helping these people, then that's the kind of stuff I think personally that we need to be looking at and we need to be going out to the community to help with. And uh, yeah, one of the things within that, and I think we'll talk about that in a minute if we can, is uh, things like, I mean, you know, hashtag Let's Talk Dementia, get on that on Twitter and whatever, uh, and the increasing influence of social media in in a lot of this, and uh, how in in terms of a dementia-friendly community, I guess, you know, we can take that community online as well. I guess um, it's hard with the age gap and even when you do the dementia friends sessions there's there's one part of it that says okay so uh, the, the person you love is living 50 years ago and you walk into your kitchen and what would have changed and I guess the reality is it's exactly the same as saying you know what if the person with dementia walked into the room uh, 50 years ago there wouldn't be a laptop there probably wouldn't be a TV there'd certainly be no TV remotes uh, and the whole world would be a different place and social media is there and I guess it would be fantastic for opening the doors in terms of raising the awareness. Um, But for me, the big thing is right now we need to get into more schools. We need to help children understand dementia and the kind words that children say off the back of information sessions and when they have learned it is unbelievable. You, You do the session and you think, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. But at the end of it, when they read back what they've said, it warms your heart and and every child has a kind heart and I always remember when I was younger about the railway people coming in and they would teach you about the railway and they would say right so you don't talk don't go on the railways and it's always stuck in my head even now like 30 years later and I'm thinking why don't we do this with dementia because if we can get this stuck in children's heads about how we can be kind and helpful and understanding about dementia if that's still with them 30 years later then we've got that solid foundation of not just having to go on social media, not just having to go out there to uh, groups of people who are of the older generation, of uh, outside of school age. But if we get that early enough, for me, that's the key to all of this. And I guess one of the ways that, I guess it could have been in the government's dementia challenge was uh, look at a national curriculum and put dementia as a subject. Yeah, so... I suppose it's hard. You could put dementia in there as a social subject, I guess. But if there's one thing, and I hope you don't mind me talking about this, is there's a project called the Archie Project. Now, it's run out of a charity uh, based down in Somerset called Reminiscence Learning. And Archie is all about going into a school. It fits in with their personal development time, the the children's personal development time, specifically aged at Year 4 students. Um... And it's all about learning about Archie. Now, Archie is a scarecrow, and he gets dementia. And as he gets dementia, he loses some of his friends. And in turn of losing his friends, he then loses his colour. But as time goes on and Archie's friends become more aware of dementia and how they can help Archie, they then become back friends with him, and they then get all their colour back. But everything about the project falls into the curriculum. So it has a bit of maths, it has a bit of English it has a bit of colouring, it has a a lot of understanding on the social side of things it is a full year thing um, so it goes on throughout the whole school year but in the end um, it accumulates in care homes going to the school, the school children coming into care homes, it's intergenerational and children at the end of it make a life story of a resident and if you can imagine that, contact that 
um, that intergenerational side of things where everybody's talking to each other, taking away the stigma of dementia and seeing actually it's not as bad as what people make out, then it's, it is the best project I've seen. It sounds absolutely excellent. Uh, if you're only interested in that, do contact us with the uh, the usual route. You can get us on Twitter at Radio TDW or uh, email tdwradio at gmail.com. And uh, I'm sure if uh, David will provide us uh, all the information, find out a little bit more about that. Sounds uh, absolutely fascinating. And I guess it's, it's part of this whole thing about uh, communication, and uh, maybe we'll touch on that when we come back we'd love to hear what you think on the D word you can contact us on Twitter at Radio TDW searching for Radio TDW on Facebook or emailing us at tdwradio at gmail.com one of the things I I looked up, I was a good person for looking up Wikipedia and strange facts on the internet. One of the facts that I found was, uh, and I'm not going to pronounce this for, for obvious reasons, but in Japan in 2004, the Japanese government changed the word that uh, they use for dementia in Japan. The initial word had very negative connotations, so they changed it to a more positive word that just meant cognitive disorder. And I thought I was uh, yeah, pretty interested concept just to use a bit of positive language maybe to promote people talking about a subject and I think you're absolutely right because no matter how we look at it the stigma still attached with dementia are not positive experiences and we don't want to talk about it too much and people don't want to talk about it and we still know the husbands and wives hide it you've got husband and wife combination and one of them unfortunately uh, starts living with the disease that the husband will then try and cover that up we know there's millions of examples like this and for me you are absolutely right it's about changing the mindset changing the stigma attached to it and just changing the words that we used now I know all the national media outlets a couple of years back agreed to change what they say so they will never say in the newspaper now somebody who is suffering with dementia because that's a negative connotation to it but what they will say is somebody who is living with dementia um, and there's, there's lots of good examples like that and I, I think slowly with the Dementia Friends information sessions again that we are changing the stigma attached to it but ultimately it is still there. Yeah, and I think it's a you know it's a it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because you've got the print media, you've got news channels, you've got everything really, uh, and it, it, you know it's almost like turning the art royal round, isn't it? In terms of uh, in terms of what you've got to do, in terms of the positive things. But I think you know I guess what you've, what we were talking about earlier, if you can start young enough, then then naturally those positive words become natural. And you don't have the negative connotations there because if you're looking at things like the Archie Project and uh, and what you do with kids, if they actually start using that language, then eventually, 20 years' time, 10, 15 years' time, whatever, that language becomes natural. Yeah, and the most fascinating thing with children is that there's no negative mindset there. So when they come into one of our care homes, for example, 
they don't sit there and go, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person. There's no fear associated to them, and they will happily run up and talk to anybody. And I've been taking my six-year-old son, Noah, into care homes since he was probably about two years old. And he never sees anybody living with dementia. He just sees an individual person, and he will happily talk to them because he knows full well that he's going to get a smile out of them. He's, he's a little bit cheeky. He's a very happy child. Um, and he never turns around and goes, oh, I don't want to speak to that person. They, they scare me a little bit. His mindset isn't that way inclined. And I think you're right. If we get to children young enough and change that perception, then it's all just going to be completely positive. And I think that, that is a big thing. I mean, uh, I spent two years working for the Alzheimer's Society. Uh, one day I'd been uh, doing the job two weeks, I think. Uh, I'd hurt my foot. I was on a crutch. I was put in front of uh, a group of people living with dementia. There were 18 people in the room. And I had to go in there and entertain 18 people for a day. And I've got to tell you, I've done some things in my life. But I stood there and I thought... I'm really scared about this. And then suddenly this little thing clicked in my head and that little thing said, go on, go in there and be yourself. Uh, and so I did. And I never looked back. And I think it's, you know, you've hit the nail on the head there. Some people, there was, uh, there was a famous programme which was on uh, BBC Radio 4 many years ago about disability, which was called uh, Does He Want Sugar? Uh, and it was produced by a lady who had a disabled husband who was in a wheelchair. And every time they asked, do they want a cup of tea? They looked at the woman and said, does he want sugar? Because they didn't know how to talk to the person with the disability. And I think, you know, there's a real message in there is, uh, hey, you know, can't we just be ourselves? Yeah, and ultimately that is the key to everything. And what we do a lot where, from our point of view, is we do these books called life history books. And they say if you've met somebody with dementia, you've met one person with dementia. But there's so many great things that happen. And with these life history books, we learn about the individual. We learn exactly what they like, what they don't like, what makes them happy, what makes them unhappy. And we try to put that into practice every day. And I could give you some really great stories um, recently. So for example, we've got a resident who's a Lord in one of our homes. We're taking him to the House of Commons uh, next week. We've got a lady in one of our homes who was in a famous picture uh, called the lady in the yellow dress. And when we investigated the famous picture and who it was painted by, it's still in a museum in Wales. And the museum website says actually that the lady who was in this picture has unfortunately passed away. But actually we know that's not the case. So we're now working with her to try and see if we can get her over to Wales. We're now working with her to fulfill her life and, and bring back those memories, all those positive memories that she's got. I know that we've also done uh, recently in one of our homes up north, there was a lady who was a Spitfire engineer during World War II. And you might have seen it on the Eamon Homes and Roof program. Um, so Eamon and Roof managed to get her back into a Spitfire. And for me, these positive memories and going into these individual aspects of people who live with dementia mean that you can do something for them. And, the, and that's ultimately what we're here for. And when we talk about knowing individuals and we talk about making a difference, for me, these are all the amazing things that we can do. And, uh, you know, there's a big payoff with that, I think, also. I mean, being a bit of a social history buff, uh, that's absolutely terrific to uh, learn all this. You know, I've, I've learned a lot uh, with my friends that, that, that I know that are living with dementia that I would not have found out. So, yeah, I think it's a massive, uh, you know, if anybody's in the social history, then uh, there's a heck of a lot of social history there as well. And some really uh, interesting stuff. I mean, I found one here, actually, in... Uh, 
in your care home in Ware, where uh, one of your residents, I bought in some uh, First World War medals that uh, I always thought these First World War medals were my granddad's. And so I showed them, and uh, he said to me, he said, uh, I've got the name inscribed around the outside. And I said, you sure? He said, yeah. Every medal that went in the First World War had the soldier's name inscribed and uh, their rank and serial number. And I'd never even thought of it. So I looked at it and thought, that's not my grandfather, that's my great-uncle Stan. And so that was just one of those little bits of things that I thought I would never have found that out if, uh, you know, if he hadn't told me. No, and you're absolutely right. So when we talk about doing these things, they don't necessarily have to be the, the big things that I know that we sometimes do, but sometimes in, in our home in Halstead, we had a guy who was a Freemason, but he hadn't been to a lodge for years and years and years. And I know that we contacted the local lodge and the guy just came with... Uh, some of their aprons, some of the badges that they wear and stuff and that as a reminiscence session worked unbelievably well and you are right, there's a lady in the Land Army um, who we recently just got a medal uh, for uh, in one of our homes as well and it's just those little things that make a big difference to people's lives and it's just about the understanding of what that person used to do before they came into a care home and even, even if you're not in a care home, you can still do all of these things. And it's not about thinking, oh, no, this person's got dementia. It's about thinking, well, what's the next stage then? Because we can still help these people. Yeah, I think it's a two-way process. Believe me, if you if you open that door, you get a heck of a lot back from it as well. You know, while you give in. Yeah, well, David, it's been brilliant to uh, to sit and talk and uh, say. Hopefully, we can do this on a, a regular basis. I mean, uh, you know, what are the kind of things that uh, that you'd like to explore, sort of in uh, in future shows? Uh, I guess from my point of view, the the passion comes from helping people. So. Um, I would like to do some little bits or if you could get bits around on how to communicate with people who live with dementia I think it's important that we talk about music therapy I think it's very important that we talk about reminiscence um, and how that can work with people and what kind of places you can go to to help on all that side of things and I guess for me they're probably the main subjects that personally I I would like to see uh, some bits of but I know there are other areas that we can talk about finances, benefits but I think that's more when it's needed, I guess, as such. But for me, it's all about learning about the dementia and just how we can help people who do live with it. Well, there's plenty to keep us going, I think, over the year, which would be terrific. Once again, really brilliant to, uh, to talk to you. Once again, our thanks to David Martins of Care You Gave for joining us on our first D-Word podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If there are any subjects you'd like us to cover on the show, we'd love to hear from you, so let us know. We'll be back next week when we'll be finding out about a new social group which has proved a great success in the Harlow in Essex. Till then, take care, and if you can't be good, be careful. The D-Word podcast is protected by a Creative Commons licence. Any unauthorised reproduction for commercial gain is strictly prohibited. Prohibited.